back to another episode of the Frields Daily Show. I'm your host, Frields Daily, and we have co-host Sean F. Smith. And just for all the listeners out there, this is the final episode of Season 1. So make sure that you continue to check us out and look forward to Season 2. This week, we are going to cover a number of topics. Is Tom Brady possibly going to Miami? The modified overtime rule... New diversity and inclusion rule. Did John Harbaugh sign an, an extension? Uh, Andy Dalton to the Saints, really? Uh, Taysom Hill. What Shanahan's plans are with the 49ers. A little bit about Cam Newton. And remaining teams that are looking for a quarterback. It's been kind of slow lately. We had a lot of, of big signings. Uh, you know, there hasn't really been much going on. It was kind of a shocker uh, with a couple of of transactions that happened over the last week and a half. But for the most part, it's been slow since our, our last episode. You know, uh, there's been some rumor with uh, Tom Brady going to the Dolphins. I can see why he would want to do that and, and, and where he would want to go with that. But I, I really don't see that as a possibility yeah absolutely so i've seen you know we had a couple of weeks there it was super nuts and then the last couple weeks they've been a little bit slower so with that tends to come some rumors which yeah i think tom brady would benefit um the dolphins from going there and he would probably give them a heck of a lot better chance of going to or winning the Super Bowl. And it would be a good way for Tom to to rub it in Bill's face, right? Um, I'm going to beat you twice a year and knock you out of the division and go to the Super Bowl and win without you. And I think he's already proven that, though, by going to Tampa Bay and doing that. So um, I don't know, though, because, you know, I can say all day long that I don't believe the Brady rumors. It's not going to happen. There's no way because prior to that, I was saying there's no way he's going to return from retirement. Prior to that, I was saying that the uh, Raiders, there's no way they're going to sign Devontae Adams. And those things have happened. So, <laughs> right. I mean, I, I could see Tom doing it, but I don't know. I really think that he's just going to take control of that offense and um, see where it goes. Uh, he does have some unfinished business. I still think they're going to sign Gronk. I also have been reading that Tom Brady has been recruiting free agents and trying to get some guys there. So I think there's a lot to happen still, not only leading up to the draft, but still even before the season starts. So, And, of course, Tom Brady is one of those guys that it doesn't really matter who you throw out there on the field. He's going to make them better as a player. And so whether they get free agents or whether they get uh, – you know, uh, somebody through the draft, it's, I don't think it's really going to make a difference. He's going to make plays no matter what. He still has a a couple of key receivers that he made better already on the team. Absolutely. And as long as they continue to protect him the way he needs to be protected, he's going to continue to shine. Right. He will. He will. And, and I'm really hopeful that he does stay with Tampa Bay. And the reason I say that, I just love to see Tua develop and get better and get his shot. He's a guy that's had a lot of durability issues, too. He's another guy that's injury prone, man. But he showed toughness when he was in Tuscaloosa with the Crimson Tide, man. And even though they lost that championship game when they played against LSU, he was out there playing one-legged. Uh, he did make a couple of mistakes, but the dude is just tough as nails, man. And I could see him develop. I could see him get better. And there's something about a left-handed quarterback that I love, man. Yeah, Going absolutely. back to even the Kenny yeah. Stabler days, man, and watching Steve Young play and all that. It's just something good to see about him and the way they're able to move and make plays and stuff. And he could really run, too. And, I, I God, I just really want to see him develop and, and see what he could do with the Dolphins, especially since they've loaded up. And I, yeah, exactly. I was just about to say, I feel like there's no excuses anymore. They've, they've pretty much loaded up. They've given him the tools he needs. And, and yeah. as long as, again, it's the same thing. As long as he's protected, he'll have time to make those plays to those key receivers that they picked up and, and other players, you know, and it's going to be a, a, his time, his time. Yeah, they do have a backup. And, and I joke about, you know, Bridgewater coming in and, and being the actual starter, but uh, I I really think that he's it's his time now. It's his I think time so. I think so. I think Bridgewater is just going to be there to kind of groom player him, coach. groom yeah. him, player coach, be ready to play if Tua gets hurt, but he's just going to keep 
Uh, I, I hope they're just going to stick with Tua and don't do what they've been doing the last couple of years. They put him in, take him out, put him in, take him out, put the veteran in, take him out. You know, like let the dude stay out there and learn. Right. You know, unless he's hurting the team and, and creating the losses for the team, let him stay out there. And like you said, no excuses because they definitely built it up for him. And it's going to be a tough go, though, because the AFC is is uh, built solid this year. And it's going to be tough in his division alone playing against the Bills and the Pats are still going to be there. The Pats fight no matter what, just like the Steelers always do. And so we'll, we're going to see how it goes. And, and another thing I want to bring up, too, is the fact that uh, – in previous episodes, we talked about this, it, you know, when he was out with injury, they went 0-7. And, and when he came back from that injury, they went 7-0. So, I right. mean, it, it, even without all these major guys coming into the team, he was already proving himself. So, right. yeah, he has to run and, 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 and make plays, and, and sometimes it's mistakes. But at the end of the day, I mean, what does it say for a guy that, that – when he's injured, they go 0-7, and when he comes back, they're 7-0. What, I mean, what else can you do for that guy? Exactly, exactly. He's been playing his guts out and uh, putting into overtime. And so uh, speaking of overtime, what do you think about the new modified overtime rule for the NFL playoffs? I don't like it. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Playoffs. Uh, yeah. Playoffs. Playoffs. We're talking about playoffs. Playoffs. Talking about playoffs already. <laughs> See, now you start doing playoffs. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I, just, I think I, it's stupid. I mean, I, I, I've, I've, uh, again, I've mentioned in other shows, like, I just really think that there's certain things that, that's just going soft in the NFL. And, right. and this is one of them. I mean, it's, it's so essentially now, what has it been? Three teams now have, have, essentially lost because of something that happened in the overtime and right. they tried to create a new rule. And finally, now that they're going to progress this new rule and c- stop crying. I mean, just like yeah. Mike, Mike Tomlin said, I'm not afraid of the hot seat. Right. And right. It, let's go. Like, this right. is what you were here to do. If you can't make it happen, you know, the, the only reason for that team to have a second possession or, I mean, the other team to have a possession also is because your defense failed. Right, right. So, to me, it's just ridiculous because you're making it too soft. So then mm. what? So then they so then they come back and score. Let's say that uh, the one team scored a touchdown. Now I get to come back and score a touchdown. So now what? Do, do we keep going? Like, tip right. or tat? Like, that, that's just ridiculous to me. Well, because you have to keep playing anyways in the playoffs because there can't be a tie in the playoffs. So I get what they're trying to get at, but it's almost going to make it worse in that aspect uh, now that you mentioned that. But I think what happens, stuff happens in the playoffs, whether it's mistakes made by the refs or things like this where, oh, it seems unfair or whatever. And if you get enough bark from all the teams, then the NFL seems to want to make a change with it, right? So I don't know. The original – overtime was uh, basically like whoever scored first wins, no matter what, right? It was like, it didn't matter if field goal or touchdown, it's just whoever scores. And sometimes it took forever and we'd get ties, right? right? So then they changed it to each team gets an offensive possession unless the team scores a touchdown, Correct. then the game's over. And that's what happened, right? So it made it seem like it was some unfair thing, but you're right. The defense didn't stop them. I almost wish they would just adopt the college overtime rule, put the ball on the 25 yard line, pick the hash, see who can score. You score, the other team gets it and they see if they can score. So in that aspect, if you get a touchdown, it puts the pressure on the other team. If they don't get a touchdown, then the game's over because they have, but the problem is, and I understand that's what it is, right? I mean, just not on, on a, on a specific hash mark, but that's what it is. So if, if, if I score a touchdown, then you get the ball. And you, if you don't score a touchdown, then you lose still. But you get right. that possession, even though but there's no I kickoff won. or anything. But there's no kickoff or anything with this right. one. But the call right. is that you get it at the 25, you go. It, right. It's forcing you to score right now. And if the other team doesn't score and match it, the problem with that is I see is if they keep going back and forth, because both teams at that point have already played a full regulation, they could be tired. And so both teams can just keep there and sit there and score because the defenses are so tired. So then there would be more injuries and maybe the game would never end, but they, they had to do something, something, but I agree with you. The rule was fine as you already changed the rule. 
it was fine. And then why have a playoff rule and a regular season rule? Just make the rule change and it is what it is, whether it's regular season or playoffs. Why have two different rules? Yeah, I think, again, that, that, that just makes it soft. And, and why exactly? Why in the playoffs are you going to do that? What, why not do that in the regular season? That doesn't make any sense. And I still wouldn't want it in the regular season either. I, I think that you should just – right. It, it, I think it should go back to the original rule, to be honest. I mean, okay, sure, they're playing a little bit longer, but at the end of the day, hey. Right. You, like, again, I, I want to bring back what Tomlin said. I'm not afraid of the hot seat. Like, your team needs to accomplish something. If they can't accomplish that, which is what they're there to do, then right. you're done. Yeah. And what they could do, too, because the college does this, I think it's like after the third one, and they call it third overtime, but it's not really. It's after each team gets the ball, it goes into an additional overtime. But after the third one, the team has to actually, if they score a touchdown, they have to do a two-point conversion. So then that means the other team would have to get a touchdown and a two-point conversion. So that maybe they could even go to just that. You have you start at the 25. If you get a touchdown, you have to go for two. And then the same thing with the other team because it's hard to get two, man. So yeah. I don't know. You know, at least make it exciting and some. You know, not. It seems like yeah, they're just caving. Oh, we got to give both teams a chance because everybody needs an award, right? Exactly. <laughs> That's all it is. That's all it is. The participation yeah. award. Yeah. Hey, sorry you didn't make it last year. We're gonna make it different for you this year. You know, yep. it's no different than the tuck rule, which we're not going to get into, but it, it's just <laughs> it's soft things like that. It's like, come on, man. Yeah. Okay, that, that's the category that it falls into. Yeah, I get it. I get it, man. But it's, it's, yeah, it is what it is, man, at this point, right? Yep. Which brings us to another, yet another rule change, which is the new diversity and inclusion rule, which it's still the Rooney rule, but it's just kind of like an addition now. Um, so so the, the rule requires all 32 teams to hire yeah. an offensive coach who is either a female or a member of an ethnic or racial minority Right. moving forward for the 2022 season. And uh, I... And the teams I, don't have to pay for it. It's getting paid for by some fund that the league has created. Right. Yeah. But... I'm, I'm going to bring back another episode that G and I had, and I'm actually probably going to bring him into one of our episodes coming forward with this uh, new rule setting in place. And, you know, I, I kind of feel like, so again, I'll, I'll bring back Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin says, you know, I, I don't want to hear about it. I want to see it. Yeah. So it, it, it's still like the, what, what we talked about when I had the episode with, with G on and, and we talked about everything going on with with the whole Rooney rule and all of that it still amounts to experience and so now you're required to hire either a female or someone with an ethnic or racial minority now so an offensive assistant right yeah. right and and but what are you doing to these teams now are you are you weakening these teams or are you strengthening them because at the end of the day it's not about that, which we, we talked about in that episode. It's not really about that. It's it's about the experience level. Okay, if you get that position, can you gain the experience? That's fine. I understand that. But just getting it because you're a female or because you're ethnic or racial minority, you know, even Mike Tomlin said, and even G said when we had our, our conversation in that episode, you know, it, it's that's not what it's really about you're not handing somebody something just because they need to earn it and the ones that have earned it and there's several qualified coaches and, uh, and assistants throughout the nfl that deserve the opportunity but are they going to be the ones getting it or is it just going to be filler spots like it's been in the past so you're really not changing much well right so two things so i don't disagree with anything that you're saying about that uh however there i guess you know in some people's perceptions there's been several coaches over the years 
or candidates to be coaches that have been overlooked or felt like they've been overlooked or didn't get a fair shake at an actual interview. And as the NFL does and teams do, especially the owners, is they find loopholes. So the loopholes in the Rooney rule is, oh, I just got to interview one person with an ethnic background. Um, and then that's it. And then with all the COVID, it even turned to the point where, oh, we could just do a Skype call or FaceTime or interview or whatever. And that counts, right. which is no longer going to count. They're not going to be able to do that either. But what this does, they're going to bring make all 32 teams hire an offensive assistant. So the head coaches are not going to let this take away from their focus. They're not going to let it be a distraction. So what are they going to do? Oh, hey, Tommy, don't you have like a daughter or a cousin or God, that guy, Bobby, doesn't he want to coach or something? Well, let's bring Bobby in. Right. Because he's, you know, he's an African-American or, hey, doesn't your uh, doesn't your sister-in-law, isn't she a coach and, you know, college football or whatever? And they're going to find these loops. So they're going to bring the assistants in. But are they really people that are interested in the job? Are they interested in growing and developing as a head coach or becoming a head coach in the future? Are those the right people going to be hired in that position as well? Or is it just going to be something they just do because they have to? Right. And, and, and what I was saying earlier, too, I was I was watching an episode of, of First Take and they, and they kind of touched on this and and they were saying the same thing. Actually, they were they, they were saying essentially, you know, th- this doesn't change anything. It in doesn't. Fact, it, in fact, it just kind of makes it worse because, like I was saying, like you're, you're still not getting a fair shake, but you're still not bringing in talent. You're still not developing talent. And even if you bring in anybody that fits these categories, right? Like you, right. you, you're not actually developing anybody like, so, okay, fine. You hire them, but where do they go from there? Do they, do they forcefully get put into a position essentially because of a rule and then fail because they weren't properly developed and they weren't properly, you know, supervised and, and trained and, and, and got the experience you know, and, and you know that that was my biggest argument with Flores is that he had a lot of experience, and, and we could even talk about you know Todd Bowles taking over as head coach for Tampa Bay. He he's had a lot of experience, but my question would be, you know, if Flores didn't get hired by the Steelers, would he have still been the candidate? Maybe because I kind of feel like. Bruce Arians had him in mind already. He was kind of like his second half. He was kind of like the the, the, the guy that he was trying to develop and, and right. be put into that position anyway. But I'm just asking the question, like, is that the scenario that we're going to be facing moving forward? Because you're bringing these people in with with – not a whole lot of experience and then even even for example which isn't a minority or anything but even for example the las vegas raiders when you know his first opportunity as head coach he failed okay Uh, todd bowles same thing his first opportunity as head coach he failed so then he got put into the reins and luckily he got put into a system that actually benefited him to where he was able to achieve the position he's in now. Right. But I don't think that that's going to apply to everybody else in the league. I think it's going to be a select few, which is one of the problems that Flores had. All right. Well, so there's a little bit of difference in the two. I I do agree with you that I think that Arians was probably grooming bowls. He was probably going to be his replacement, whether he stayed another two years or retired this year. I think he was already kind of grooming him for that. Um, But the difference being is bowls has more actual head coaching experience than Flores. I know he was only interim coach with Miami in 2011, but he's got tons and tons of coaching experience throughout the NFL as defense coordinator, interim defense coordinator. And then of course his four years head coaching with the jets. And that was just what, four years ago when he was uh, 2018, when he got fired, Um, it's kind of weird that he was in Miami and then Flores was at Miami. It kind of a weird coincidence there. But yeah, but he's defense coordinator the past three years. And so, yeah, I think Bruce Arians is kind of, they just handed him the position and it worked out fine. 
Yeah. However, however, we'll if see. if yeah, that defense, well, no, I mean as far as him getting a position, and there's not going to be a whole lot of talk about it or a whole lot of things with the Rooney Rule and all that, because obviously Bowles is uh, uh, an African American. So I, what I was getting at is like, had that defense coordinator just been given the job and he wasn't African American, there would be a hell of a lot more talk going on right now than right. what True. with Arians uh, retiring. You know, real quick too, another thing that I was going to say with that, that episode on first take that uh, uh, they also mentioned the fact that, you know, none of this, it's not the head coach. It's not the, the, uh, assistants it's not the people that that are hiring the these positions it, it's the it's the owners mm-hmm. and and yeah I, I get it you have your head coach and you and you have your your um of course i'm gonna uh stumble here your your gm yep uh and they make decisions essentially but at the end of the his point on on first take was it's not ultimately their decision it's the owner's decision and the owners are the ones that have been carrying this the whole time and the owners are the ones that aren't taking accountability and the owners are the ones that are failing to actually follow these rules they're yeah they're they're kind of dancing around the bushes with it just so they can get by but they already have their mind made up hence the whole Flores investigation and in the in the lawsuit and the lawsuit yeah and i totally understand that concept yes exactly i mean you have these old school owners there's a few newer owners and a few newer gm and head coaches but at, at the end of the day yeah there is that whole mindset behind it all that until that changes it doesn't matter what rule you put into place. That's not going to change. Right. They needed to add more to that rule, meaning, yeah, okay, you want to hire someone with that background, um, but they need to have a set amount of experience already, like in the NFL, because they're going to find a loophole, absolutely. And I understand the NFL, and they're going to write all these little things into it. Well, you know, minority offensive assistants, you know, uh, being hired, the goal will be to create a pipeline for more minority offensive coaches, you know, because um, it's a stepping stone for them to become a head coach, you know, be by working into a coordinator position, such and such. And it's I don't know they're just they're just gonna find a way around that rule as well and you're right it's on the owners for sure but I did want to talk about Arians really quick for a minute because he was sneaky man this guy became a heck of a NFL coach mm-hmm. you know his record was 80 48 and one um, he sneakily became a head coach even um, you know the he got coach of the year twice and one of those years he was the interim coach when Chuck Pagano went out with leukemia with the Colts that year and he won it in 2012 and then he ended up becoming a head coach for the Cardinals which he had all those great years with the Cardinals and then being the oldest coach ever being 68 years old to win a Super Bowl too I was just looking at some of his stats and I was like man that dude 80 48 one that's pretty darn good for a head coach man and he snuck right in there because he was just an assistant himself yeah, without prior a doubt. to and, him stepping in for uh, Pagano, and I would so. I would say probably one of the most underrated head coaches in the NFL today. Yeah. I yeah. mean, with what he's done and and how he's done it, he, he's had a lot of guidance. He's had a lot of training. He's you know he's very knowledgeable of the game. But who whoever talks about him? Nobody. I know. Right? So so definitely one of the most underrated coaches. And, and sure. of course, he's had, you know, uh, stellar teams, too. He's had people, I mean, even leaving the head coaching position in Tampa Bay, he's going to go to a, a front office position. But he, in his press conference, he, you know, put a shout out to all of his coaches. He's like, for lack of better words, I didn't do shit. <laughs> I, I, I got thank you guys because I pretty much was just there. And, and that's, that's actually his words. So I, I know we don't usually talk like that on, on our show, but that's what he said. And he was like, you know, you guys are phenomenal. You guys are going to continue to succeed. You have everything set in place for you. And I don't think that you're going to even miss me, essentially. And 
got to put it, you know, hats out to the guy. Like he, he he's a phenomenal coach, phenomenal yeah. coach, and and definitely underrated. Yeah, but I think he's right. They won't skip a beat this year. Um, if they keep going, there'll be continuity with Bowles being there. And and as we talked about before the show, like Tom Brady and the offense coordinator are just going to run with it. Tom will be able to like basically run the offense on his own, and yeah. Bowles will keep calling the defense. So I I think they will go without a hiccup this year, which leads us to talk about another head coach who's actually received an extension. John Harbaugh, which I, in my opinion, is another head coach that is sort of an underrated guy um, because he's got a heck of a record, too. And if it weren't for the Steelers and the Pats and um, some other teams, he would probably have more championships himself or at least, you know, appearances in the Super Bowl because I know they've gotten knocked out a bunch of times by even the Chargers, um, the Steelers, the Pats, like I said, the Titans and the Bills. Uh, have knocked him out in the last few years. So they've had a lot of shots, but uh, him being 137 and 88, which is another heck of a record. And of course we know about his Super Bowl as well. Yeah. And arguably a better coach than his brother, uh, but we're not going to go into that, but yeah, I, I mean, I would, I consider him an average coach. The record is good. Not, don't get me wrong. He does have a Super Bowl. Um, but the problem that I have with him, or and maybe it's not even with him. Maybe it's, it's again, it comes back to the GM and, and whoever's in charge of drafting and, and what you risk in free agency and whatnot. But, like, if you just barely stand above the median – then are you really that great of a coach? I mean, I mean, you're, you're continue to win. You continue to compete as long as you get the right players in, in, in place, but you're not really, you're not really fighting every year. It's not like they're going to the playoffs every year. It's not like they're going to the championship every year and losing, you know, it's not like it's, I don't want to. I don't want to downgrade the guy. I'm just saying, like it, he's the average coach that has good talent on his team consistently since Ray Lewis. Right, but he's since 2008. He's only had two losing seasons, and that says a lot. Being the AFC, which has been pretty strong, and like I said, he's lost a lot of playoff games to the Steelers, Colts, Pats. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, recently Chargers, Titans, and Bills. And so he's had a lot of talent to go against as well. So just a, a guy to have only two losing seasons and to have a Super Bowl because a lot of coaches never get a Super Bowl. So I'd have to say he's he's uh, been he's done pretty well and definitely better than uh, Jim. Yeah, absolutely. Without question. Yeah, for sure. And which leads us to, folks, I want to please ask you to keep giving us some love. Check out the Frills Daily Show with Frills Daily and Sean F. Smith. Please give us a listen right here on Anchor. You can also listen to us on Spotify and Google Podcast. That's the Frills Daily Show. also want to give out a shout to decreations.com. Um, that's David Edward dash creations.com. Check out Joe's website for any merch you'd like. And you can also purchase our merch there as well. Uh, please like us on Facebook, subscribe on YouTube, follow us on Instagram. That is the Freelds daily show. And let's talk about real quick. Uh, I know it's not immediate, but we still got to bring you up again. Top 30, right? Yeah, Talk 30. So I've got my logo all in place. It's been many, many hours and hours and days and days. Um, I know I've fiddled with a couple of different ones and posted them on some of my social media stuff, but the logo's all uh, designed. I just got the final um, the final colored, and then I have a black and white one also, just in case I need it. So I'll be posting that soon. And, um, and that's going to be a, a daily podcast with a variety of topics, correct? Not just NFL. It's going to be NFL, Correct. Uh, you know, local news, what are our, uh, hot leads. topics. Yeah. Um, could be some political things, could be some uh, current events, um, could be, you know, 
some pop culture stuff could be some stuff like you know will smith and chris rock um i'm not gonna have a ton a ton of sports i'm definitely gonna talk about um things that are popping things that are interesting things that are going on uh up and coming and new uh i don't want to fully go uh uh, sports mode or football mode but man i'm into a lot of different sports whether it's baseball football i've even watched uh, some soccer uh since we got a team when i was living in norcal mm-hmm. um just kind of following a bunch of different sports and some action and i just want to talk about popular topics that people want to hear about people want to listen about but the important thing i want to mention is that i'm going to have a ton of different guests um i currently am running a list now i have about 10 uh, maybe 12 guests that i'm I have right now. Um, they're not booked yet, but I have them listed. I've reached out to some of them. I've confirmed that they will indeed be guests. Um, so it's just a matter of setting it up. Um, and, and, and then, of course, once you get started, there there's different things. I don't know if you're going to be on Spotify, but there's different uh, polls that you can do where if people want to become guests, they can actually comment on your podcast or reach out to you on you know, your, your social medias and your, in your platforms and say, Hey, I, I would like to talk about this or one of the topics that you brought up. I would like to, to put my two cents into that. And maybe even they get interviewed in one of your shows as well. Absolutely. I'm going to, I'm going to want to interview any, anybody and everybody I've already reached out a couple of people that I've seen on Twitter, even talking about prior uh, or past addictions. I've been sober for 10 years and, you know, they're very proud about it and they want to talk about it and see if they're interested in, you know, talking about what they've been through, what helped them, what, you know, cause people want to hear about how other people, you know, that may have some similarities to them, like how did they get through this? How did they do it? Uh, what kind of supports do they have those kind of things? And, and of course, talking to professionals as well. And it's definitely going to be an interview show. I'm hoping to interview at least one person per episode. I'm shooting for 30 minute episodes. Um, that's why talk 30, uh, it's going to be talk 30 for sure. So a lot planned, a lot going on. So, so very much, very much a, a talk show kind of uh, podcast and interviewing people and hot topics and, and different things that people want to talk about and for sure, just things that are going around the world in general. It's not, not specific like we have here with the NFL, but it, it's just a, a very broad range of topics. So make sure that you guys check that out. Make sure that you guys Look out for that. Uh, I'm sure that we'll announce it here when he's going to, you know, officially launch and and get started with his first episode. And of course, I will be on there on some of the episodes and we'll yep. be interviewed and we'll be, you know, a couple specialists for a couple of different uh, topics. And whenever he's ready, I, I will be there. It's talk 30. Heck yeah, man. There you go. So yeah. with that being said, we got uh, Andy Dalton. Of the Saints, really? Yeah. He's going to be holding that clipboard. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, <laughs> they did sign Winston or uh, Jameis. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, I, honestly, I, I just don't see him playing very much i think he's going to get injured again and i think that it's going to put dalton into a situation where he comes back but the problem that i have with that is that is he too old is is, i mean yes he's a good backup right now but is he too old to be that filler spot who dalton i don't think so i think i think he'll do well in holding the clipboard uh observing learning um he's been a, a starter he was a starter for many years with the Bengals. Um, I think that Jameis knows that with this signing of the new contract with the Saints that he absolutely has to perform. Right. Um, I think that with the new head coach, Dennis Allen, they're gonna, he's going to have some tricks up his sleeve. He's going to be mixing it up a lot. I think he's going to try to help Jameis stay out of trouble. He's going to help Jameis make better decisions. He's going to help Jameis throw the ball away, take the sack, you know, let's punt. Let's not make these crazy throws. You're not Brett Favre kind of thing. You know, Jameis can get crazy. He wants to make it happen. He wants to make it happen. And and then and teach him also to stay in the pocket. You don't need to run. You don't need to run. Because that's how Jameis gets hurt, too, is when he runs. So, But is, um, but is Jameis a learning quarterback like that? Is he going to look at Dalton and say, you're not the guy that, to teach me because 
Um, no, I'm thinking more Dennis Allen is going to be grooming Jameis for that. Dalton's right. just going to be sitting there and learning. He might be giving him some tips and stuff like that and helping out. And he'll be ready to play when his number is called if Jameis does end up getting hurt. But I think Dalton's just really insurance. Dalton's just insurance if Jameis gets hurt. They want to have a good uh, veteran seasoned uh, quarterback to be able to step in if Jason, uh, sorry, if Jameis gets hurt again, um, because they don't want Taysom Hill to necessarily be the starter. Obviously, Taysom's going to be focusing on uh, being tight end this year. And he really reminds me of Tim Tebow a lot, dude. And I wish Tim Tebow would have tried, at least tried a season or two at tight end, because this guy is a beast. He's big. He could run. He could, he, he he initiates contact he'll hit you he won't slide he won't go and the dude just plays all heart and so they're gonna mix it up with him still too Taysom will still be taking some snaps but i i'm excited to see what he could do at tight ends man well i think that he's overall a, a big player even before this last season with all the the adversity that the saints went through you know Taysom was was a guy that could come in as quarterback, could come in as running back, could come in as tight end, could come in as a receiver even, and just make plays. He, yeah, absolutely. I, I don't even consider him a tight end or a quarterback. I, I consider him a playmaker. We need to make a play right now. Let's draft up a play, and let's make it happen. And they made it happen. Last season, not so much. It wasn't that way. But the season prior to that, that that's all it was. I mean, literally every play that they drafted up was successful. Yeah. Yep. And they just barely missed the playoffs. So, yeah, it was exciting to see him play. So, but but we'll see some more of it. He'll mix it up. He'll be in there. And, but I want to see him catch the ball too and and just be going down the field, man. Oh, yeah. He's quick. Uh, It's going to be awesome to get. He's a solid player. He's got hands. So, we'll be be seeing some uh, changes for sure there. In addition to the Saints making some changes, I think the Niners too, man. I don't know. I mean, we have it here. That Shanahan is ready for Trey Lance to become a starter. And he didn't say that in so many words. So, I mean, I think that the media kind of will phrase a question in, are you ready for Trey Lance to kind of take over? And, you know, he's not going to say no. He's not going to say yes. Just like he's not going to say we're not going to cut Jimmy G. We're not going to release Jimmy G. We're not going to trade Jimmy G. But Jimmy G is going to be a, a really – probably the highest paid backup quarterback in the league this year. And, and here's what I think about that. So we, we, again, we've talked about this in prior episodes. Uh, I, I've talked to many 49er fans and there it's ups and downs. So some of them think, yeah, he Trey Lance can definitely come in. He can definitely be our guy. Uh, and then others are like, no, there's not a chance. He needs somebody to develop him. He's not ready for that yet. Uh, And my thought process behind it is I do think that he is ready to be put into a slot like Tua. If the tools and the, and the, and the process is ready for you, you and the support is there. Yes, you can absolutely succeed. Is there going to be hard games? Is there going to be mistakes made? Is there going to be, you know, battles? Absolutely. But I don't think that just because they made it to the playoffs, and I'm not going to argue that whole entire point, but I I don't think that they should have made it to the playoffs. I will say that. Right. Uh, And I don't think that with him being the starter that they can make it to the playoffs again just because I really think he's in the same type of situation that Tua is and, and he needs that support. He needs that growth. He needs that, that foundation to be built around him. The, the foundation that is Niners currently isn't even with a quarterback. So basically the, they're like we used to say in, in prior episodes, uh, they're one quarterback shy of a Super Bowl. Yeah. That's they the, are. And you can't bring in a guy that, wasn't the consistent starter and just be like, okay, he, he he's our guy and, and he, now we're going to go to the Super Bowl. No, that's not how it's going to work. He's got to go through trial and error first. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. and with Jimmy, you know, I with all the crazy things that, that have been going on in the league, I, I okay, fine. They're not going to release him, but I will say this. I will say 
let's wait until season two because I kind of have a feeling something prior to the beginning of the season is going to happen and Jimmy G will not be on the 49ers anymore. It's possible. They can absolutely do something during the draft, but who's going to be willing to take a chance on Jimmy G and who's really looking for a quarterback like Jimmy G right now? We've already talked about durability. We've already talked about being injury prone. He's got a huge contract, man. Five years, 137 mil. He's getting like 27 and a half mil per year. Um, And not to mention the fact that he had surgery or shoulder surgery. So he's not going to be like 100% fully ready when the season starts even. So when will he be ready? So it's only makes sense that Trey would be the starter coming out of the gate when Jimmy's ready. Maybe they'll put him in. If Trey struggles, maybe they put Jimmy in. And then if Jimmy just takes off and blows everyone away, maybe he gets his job back. But and, uh, and it, I think that was a horrible political move. Uh, uh putting it out to the public that he's going to have that surgery. I think that if he was going to have the surgery regardless, he, they should have kept that on the hush kind of deal or waited for the surgery until after free agency and then say, okay, by the way, now that you've signed me, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it's sad as that sounds. It, it's kind of like that political game that you have to play because I think that he was in the running for certain teams, but then once he, Announced that he's going to have that surgery. But no, who knows if he announced like, the no, team announced or whatever, or, you know, I feel it's earlier the better to get the surgery and get it out of the way. Um, so you can recover. You heal and, yeah, yeah. and be ready for the next season. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So we'll, we'll see what plays out with that. But speaking of another quarterback, we've got Cam Newton also to talk about. Cam! And, Cam. and he's, you know, he's talking about all kinds of things. Like he, he thinks that he deserves a shot at being a starter at, at being a starter and, and that he hasn't lost it. And my thing is Carolina brought him back in at the end of the day and he wasn't able to perform. I think that he is either one of two things, either done and just needs to retire or needs to be humbled and go to a team where he can be a backup and help somebody else develop. He doesn't want to be a backup though. And his, he doesn't. His, uh, yeah. His ego is not going to allow him to do that. Um, he's holding on to hope that he's going to be a starter. He's saying that he's got teams interested in him, but he doesn't want to go to just any team. He wants to make sure it's a good fit. He wants to make sure he's got a shot to be a starter. Um, It's highly likely that he'll end up sticking with the Panthers, even though he may not be the starter if he sticks with the Panthers because they have Sam Darnold there and Sam Darnold's apparently going to be healthy at the start of this season. So he might just stay there because it's kind of home for him. But right. I mean, he, he was pretty darn good, man, for the the long stint that he had with the Panthers before um, he played well, he went to the Super Bowl, even though they lost. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he's holding out hope. I mean, if he were that good after his prior surgery, because he's another guy that was a beast and he, he was hard to tackle and he reminded me a lot. He was like a Roethlisberger guy, big guy could take hits, um, would initiate hits, would run like crazy. He would throw guys and stiff arm guys and initiate um, contact. And, but with that comes a lot of wear and tear on the body. But yeah. with that shoulder surgery that he had and being out that full year, uh, the Pats gave him a shot, but don't you think Bill Belichick would have held on to him if he thought there was any shot, at all that he was going to be the quarterback that he was or that he could be. Um, why would the Pats release him again? They saw like, Hey, nope, he's not going to do it. This is not what we were expecting sort of thing. So, so the Panthers pick him back up. And, you well, know, I, he's, I, I think that uh, if you're, if you're going to bring up uh, the, the Patriots and, and our, yeah. And Bill Belichick, it's just not th- that kind of quarterback that they're looking for. You know, you got to think they they had Brady for a lot of years, you know, and and even their current quarterback. It's like they they have a certain style that they like, and that's who they want to go with. It's 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 not. It's kind of like uh, the Steelers. Like I don't see the Steelers going, which which is why uh, 
I was talking about them going after Sam in the draft because it, I don't think that they are going to go from a Ben Roethlisberger to like a Cam Newton kind of right. quarterback. They don't want that and, big personality there. Uh, in the well, not, not just the, not just the personality, but like you, you're going from basically a guy that stays in the pocket, a guy that's, that's comfortable in the pocket, a guy that can run if he has to, but generally doesn't. And a guy that can make big plays, big throws, uh, and, and kind of a big guy, right? Uh, versus a, a runner who, if he feels pressured, he's going to run first thing. Uh, and under pressure, he's going to make more mistakes because his first instinct is to run rather than kind of fall out of the pocket and still look for a, a, an open receiver that's trying to make a play. You know, it, it, I, I think that, that the dynamics of that type of quarterback that that team specifically is looking for was not for Cam Newton. Uh, and, and same thing, I, I feel like, with the Steelers. I, I, I don't think that they're going to go from a Ben Roethlisberger to somebody like Cam Newton either, right. uh, even if they're looking for somebody in the draft. Even if they go with, with uh, nobody in the draft and just going with the rookie that they have, which is no longer a rookie. I mean, I think he's been in the season two or three years now, but, uh, or, I mean, in the, in the team. You're for- talking about Darnold. He's been there for a couple of years, but he was with the jets for a few years before that. So Darnold's season now about five years, I think in the league. So we'll see, but I don't know. They want him back. I mean, the, the, everyone in the uh, leadership management with the uh, Panthers are saying, you know, the door is open. We'd love to have someone with this leadership and, he came in last year and brought a lot of stabilization, you know, during a tough time. And, and he's really special, da, 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 but he's got to want to play the role, though. So they're obviously wanting him to come to be the backup uh, yeah. to, Dar- to Darnold. So I'm just really not thinking Wait. he wants to do that. But, you know, he played the nine seasons there. They went to the Super Bowl there. And so he's, you know, he's thinking that he's a starter, man. He's thinking that he's got it still. Yeah, and which 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 leads me to you know there's still a few remaining teams that are looking for a quarterback, and I don't know what he's thinking. I, I don't know what teams he's thinking is interested in him. But I mean, some of the teams that he had mentioned in the past have already either made trades or brought out the fact that they have their starting quarterback for next year. But a couple of teams that come to mind for me are the Steelers. Yeah. Hawks and the Texans yep. and and all three of those teams are still looking for quarterbacks but he wants to but, play for a team that has a shot going to playoffs and the only one there would really be the Steelers right exactly and I don't think that that he's Steelers material again it brings me back to the same thing that I was just saying you're not going to go from a Ben Roethlisberger to a Cam Newton he wasn't too crazy with the Pats, though, and I know that he got put in check really quick with Bill. Like, you're not going to come in here and be, you know, running that mouth and wearing this funky stuff. And I know he still wears the funky clothes, but he was pretty quiet with the quiet, Pats. Yes. Pretty quiet, quiet yes, as far but... as his talks with the media and such. And and they weren't in no high-pressure situations or shooting for the Super Bowl or anything like that either, so there wasn't a whole lot of talk. But with the Steelers, I mean, I don't know. If he can come in there and just – do his job. I think he might be a good fit for them, but I don't see him going anywhere else. So he's, he's going to have to make a decision if he's going to be a backup or not play or something. Yeah. Cause I, I don't, I don't, I, I would disagree with the Steelers because honestly, Mike Tomlin is, is a very straight shooter. He, he wants a guy that's just a straight up quarterback. He doesn't want a running back. He doesn't want a wide receiver. He doesn't want a, a guy that that's going to fit in like a Taysom Hill kind of deal. He, he doesn't want that guy. He, he wants a guy that is straight quarterback. Yep. Straight. You're going to listen mm-hmm. to me. You're not going to bring any craziness outside of the game. And when you're on the game, you're not going to play crazy either. You're not going to go celebrate yep. crazy. You're not going to do anything crazy. Like this is, you have one job. Yep. And if you can't follow that, I don't want you on my team. Right. Mike Tomlin, I feel like is like that. I mean, success that he has had and, and the fact that he has benefited Roethlisberger even through his his uh you know his investigations early on you know it, it's it, it 
No, I don't. I don't see Tomlin trying to bring Cam Newton in at all. I should. Uh, Cam should be looking at yes, playoff teams, but as a backup because yeah. so many quarterbacks have won starting jobs from being the backup when someone gets injured. So. Yep. Um, but I know he doesn't want to go play for like the Lions or, you know, go back up the Browns or the Falcons or, you know, yeah, anything like that. And it doesn't seem like he wants to stay in Carolina, but he might as well stay and get that paycheck and hold that clipboard, man. Hopefully. You know. <laughs> That's so a- we're going to talk about the only five non-quarterback drafted number one in the last 20 years. Yes. There, so there's only been five non-quarterback positions drafted number one in the last 20 years. And, and that I don't think that's going to happen this year. So I think it's going to be, you know, number six. Uh, yeah. But I uh, – it, it's, it's pretty crazy because th- this year isn't a huge quarterback frenzy in the, in the draft. There's not – there. I, I, I think there there's isn't. only maybe five. And I'm only saying maybe five because, I mean, look at Tom Brady. He did get drafted, you know, far late, and you see how much success he had. But, like, uh, I don't know. I, I think that the quarterback position is kind of washed up in the in the draft class this year. I think so, too. There's no way it's going to be a quarterback in the first pick for sure. Maybe not in the top ten. Maybe even more than that because there's so much talent on the edge. Yeah. Um, there's a ton of defensive players in addition to just the edge. There's a bunch of offensive linemen coming in, and there's a bunch of need for offensive linemen. Um, there's going to be a ton of wide receivers going in the draft as well. So, man, I could see, whew, maybe even you – know, it's not going to go the whole first round without quarterbacks by any means. I'm not going to exaggerate, but there's not going to be a ton of quarterbacks in the first round, that's for sure. And it's definitely not going to be the number one pick. Right, right. And with that being said – it's time to wrap this up. I hope you guys enjoyed the show, the final show of season one. I hope you guys continue to listen to us in season two. And we will be opening up with the draft and what's coming up with the draft. And again, make sure that you like, follow, subscribe, share, bring your friends in, let everybody know what's going on, not just on Facebook, YouTube, You know, we got Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We're working on Pandora and iHeartRadio. That's still in the works. But, again, just make sure that you guys are sharing and continue to enjoy. And with that said, Season 1 is in the wraps. Frields Daily and Sean F. Smith out. Peace.